So I'm finishing up with a coaching call with a fellow property manager not too long ago, and we had about two minutes left, and they said, uh, hey, Mark, one quick last question for you. How do you stay motivated? And it, I just I just paused. I was like, wow, that, that's a big, deep question. My friends, how do you stay motivated in a business, in an industry that is kind of designed to beat you up and to suck the life out of you? You know, my wife's a school teacher. She went back to school here not too long ago. She teaches high school Spanish. And as they were going back to school, all the little local businesses were doing things like, you know, free coffee on the first day of school for teachers. There were signs up in the yard. We love our teachers. And all the stores had things. All the students were celebrating their teachers. The parents were bringing gifts to the teachers. Teachers are serving. It's a hard, it's hard work. But they are loved. And there are many industries where the public loves and respects and honors them. I have checked the national calendars and I can't find a national property manager's day. I, I just don't see it. I've checked the bumper stickers. I can't find an opportunity to order a bumper sticker that says, I love my property manager. I think I may have some made up. But how do we stay motivated in this business? Let me tell you what works for me and why I think it is essential that you stay motivated, not just for you, but because you have an obligation and a responsibility to stay motivated for your team, your owners, your vendors, and your tenants. After that, we'll take two questions. One of the questions is, Mark, which is the better type of property owner client, an accidental landlord or an investor? That's a great question, and I definitely have some thoughts on that. And we have a second question that says, would you manage a property that was listed for sale with another company? So managing it at the same time someone else listed for sale. Great questions. Here we go. So what do you think of when you hear the word motivation? Do you kind of roll your eyes and you're like, oh boy, I knew it. I knew Mark would wander into some feel good, lovey, touchy, topic like motivation. Mark, just tell me how to run a property management business. Save your motivation talk for the little people you're going to hug later on. Come on, give me the good stuff. I understand your thinking because I would have rolled my eyes along with you in the past number of years. However, here's what I know. Running a property management business requires a tremendous amount of energy. It just does. And when you get drained, call it lack of motivation, your business suffers, your team members suffer. So I believe you have an obligation to the business, just like you do to keep educated, you have an obligation to keep motivated on behalf of your fellow employees. Whether you have one employee, 10 employees or 100 employees, you've got to keep them going as well. And it's hard to do. So I can't tell you how to stay motivated, but I can tell you the things that I do. And these are very practical things. There is no lovey-touchy things in here. But here are the seven practical things that we do in our business that has kept us motivated for literally 45 years. By the way, we hit our 45th anniversary last week, 45 years ago. 
my dad started this company. And at our last Visit Grace event, he uh, he got up and he spoke to the the people that were visiting us there. And he said, you know, I got to be honest, I love property management. He's been doing this for 45 years and he can still say, I love property management. How can we say that after 45 years? Well, it's a big part of motivation. So seven things we do in no particular order. Number one, remember the business you are in. Remember the business you are in. I don't believe we're in the technology business. I don't believe we're in the real estate business. I don't even believe we're in the property management business. The business we are in is the people business. And that's one of the challenges of our business. Homes don't need managed. Homes don't argue. Homes don't break their leases. Homes don't break rules. People need managed. That's the business that we are in. But along with that comes the idea that by us managing those, peoples in the pro- those people in the properties they are at, we are in the improving lives business. In our office, in our little notebooks that we have, we use two words in different places in our office. And those two words are improving lives. That's the business we're in at the end of the day. Now, this might be a little bit too gushy and squishy and lovey for some people, but it's important because when you feel beat up, we have to remember that's the business we're in. That's the work we have chosen to do. And we do it every day, but we get so into the processes, we forget there are people behind the processes we do. When you collect the rent from a tenant and you pay the bills and you pay the owner the rent money for the month, and that owner needs the money in their retirement to live, that's a big deal. That's a life improved in a small way. When your tenant calls you and they have no hot water and their day is starting off terrible because they had to give their kids cold baths or cold showers and you get somebody out there that day to get the hot water going, my friends, I've got four kids. If you've ever gone a day without hot water with little kids, it's a bad day. And you, when you get that going, that is a little life improved that day. When you do something as mundane and as reoccurring as a lease renewal, the tenant's lease is up for renewal, you negotiate the renewal amount, you complete the paperwork, you involve the owner, you get it approved, and you sign a lease renewal, you don't think twice about it, do you? You know who else doesn't think twice about it? The kid who lives in the house who's starting the new school year, and because you renewed the lease, they don't have to change schools, move to a new house with a new bedroom, make new friends in a new school. That is a huge deal. That should put chills down your spine. And you do that every single day. We have to remember that, that when the people get angry because they bounced a check, we had a one-star Google review this week because a person bounced a check and they said it was our processing problem. But so when people get angry like that, we have to remember the business we're in. That's number one. Number two, don't fall into this false narrative of tenant versus landlord thinking. This has really become prevalent in the last couple of years. This idea of tenants thinking landlords and property owners are bad people and it's them versus us and owners also thinking that it's us versus our tenants. We flat out reject that thinking. We believe that when property management is done with integrity and it's done honestly, that all parties truly win. The tenant gets a property that's well-maintained. They, the tenant pays their rent on time. The tenant wins. The owner wins. We as the property manager win. But we will never fall into that us versus them thinking. And if you go there, 
If you view it through the lens of how can I take advantage of my tenants or tenants, how can I take advantage of my property manager, that will be an incredibly demotivating factor to your mentality. So number two, don't fall into that false narrative of tenant versus owner thinking. Number three, I think you need to expose yourself to other great leaders in the property management industry. Now, you can do that in a number of different ways. Maybe, hopefully this podcast does a little bit of that for you, but it needs to be more than that. You need to listen and to talk to and to attend events and read books that elevate your thinking. One way that I do that personally, one of my favorite podcasts is the podcast called Founders. Have you ever listened to Founders? It's a business podcast where the individual reads very interesting books on business founders and shares their stories. It, it's, it's fascinating as well as motivating. Check that out. If you're a podcast listener, check out that podcast, Founders. I think you'll find that really interesting. It's outside of our industry, but it's very entrepreneurial-minded, very business-minded. But you've got to spend time with people that pull you up, people that are beyond your sphere. If you're just spending time with mediocre people and mediocre events and listening to mediocre podcasts, you're you're going to get discouraged. You will, because you're just going to hear complaining and negativity. And when you find yourself going to those events, maybe that you've gone to every year and it's just become mediocre, it's time to stop going and it's time to find an event or find something that is beyond where you were previously. Have you ever gone to an event and you walk out of the event and you think, I'm actually stupider for attending that event. Okay, well, then you need to cross it off your list. Don't go there again. Or if you have lunch with somebody and you're shaking your head thinking, I am stupider for having talked to that person for the last hour. Don't go hang out with them again. Elevate who you're spending your time with. If you want to be an A player, you need to hang out with A players. If you're not hanging out with A players, A events, A books, you're going to get, get drugged down into mediocrity, and you have an obligation not to let that happen. Number four, measure your progress and take your wins. Measure your progress and take your wins. The business of property management has a unique challenge in that it is incredibly repetitive. We do the same thing every month. The first day of the month, we collect rents, we pay bills, we fix things that break, we lease properties, we give the owner their money. Oh, and it's the first day of the month again. Now the next month, we collect rents, we fix things that break, we pay bills, we rent properties, we give the owners their money. It is the same thing month after month after month, which in itself can be a demotivating rat race kind of mentality. Therefore, you have to measure progress that you're making. And it, this progress, yes, it can be things like door count, but it should be taking your wins as well. You should be taking the profit in your business on a regular basis because that's a win. And then taking that and doing something with it. We've got to be having those internal and external measurements of what winning looks like in your business. Maybe it's something as simple as, you know what, I, I want to get my, my car loan paid off. And so I'm going to pull out the profit of my business. And every month, I'm going to throw everything I can at getting that car loan paid off. That can be an absolute small win that you can be focused on that will keep you motivated. Door count won't keep you motivated very long. It, it just won't. You wanna be able to take those wins, take the funds out of your business when you can and apply them to something that is measurable, 
because that's what gives you progress. Maybe it's building up your IRA, your retirement account. Maybe it's buying a rental property. Maybe it's paying off a rental property. Maybe it's paying off the portfolio. The more, the longer you're in this business, the more successful you get, the bigger those wins will become. Number five, make problems go away. How do you stay motivated? Make problems go away. That's the business we're in. We talk a lot within our team about the job of a property manager. The job of a property manager in four words is to make problems go away. And by the way, we've recently added a fifth word at the end of that little statement, and that is the word fast. Make problems go away fast. That's the business you're in. That's the job you have to do. You say, well, that doesn't resonate with me, Mark. I don't understand what you mean. I think a lot of property managers view our job as winning. We have to win. We have to be right. When the tenant says something, we want to argue with them and we want to be right. I'm not interested in being right in disputes. I'm interested in problems going away. Sometimes that means you as the property manager may have to write the check for the vendor problem when it wasn't your issue. Sometimes it means you have to say, fine, I'll go ahead and take care of that, even though you did nothing wrong. That's okay, because our goal isn't to be right. Our goal is to make problems go away. And when you can crack the code of making problems go away quickly, it will help increase and improve your motivation. Number six, appreciate the compliments. We do get compliments in our business. Sure you do. Do you pay attention to them? Because when they come, you want to hold on to those in some form or fashion so that when you do feel beat up, you can refer back to those. So one thing we do in our business, for example, we have a monthly team meeting, an all team meeting, where we go through a number of items and I lead that meeting. The very last thing we do in that meeting is we read our fan mail. That's exactly what we call it. We read our fan mail. So throughout the month, anytime we get a compliment, and it can be something as straightforward as, hey, thank you so much for getting my refrigerator fixed quickly, or just want to let you know that the repairman did a great job. Uh, thank you for whatever they say. Y you do get some thank yous. Rather than hitting the delete button on that, click the print button on that and start putting those together. So at the end of each month, we finish our meeting and I say, okay guys, it's time to read our fan mail, my favorite time of the month. And then I sit there and I read the compliments, whatever they are. Some are goofy, some are silly, some are funny, some are kind of emotional where you really did help a tenant who was in a bad situation. We do that as a team because all month long, we get beat up, don't we? So have an opportunity to kind of pause that and to share some of the compliments. One property manager years ago told me that they created a folder in their desk drawer where anytime they would get a compliment from a tenant, an owner, and you've gotten those, you've gotten the, the Christmas card from the owner who said, hey, I just want to thank you for all you've done managing my property. You've gotten that. What do you do with that? Well, this property manager would put them in a folder, keep them all together, and then on the top of that folder, they wrote, open in case of emergency, open in case of emergency. It was the mentality of the fire extinguisher behind the glass that says break glass in case of emergency. If there's a fire, you break this glass, pull out the fire extinguisher, and put out the fire. Well, this property manager said, when there's an emergency and I'm feeling completely discouraged and beat up, that's an emergency situation. I open my emergency folder, and I read some of the compliments that have come into me over the years, and it always helps 
to encourage me to keep going another day in this business. I like that. I like that. All right, the final thing, and probably the most important thing, is simply this. Avoid doing things that are demotivating. Right, the first thing, six things I talked about there were things to do. Remember the business you're in. Don't fall into the false narrative. Expose yourself to great events. Measure your progress. Makes problems go away. Collect compliments. Those are all positive things, but they're doing things. I think just as effective as all those things put together are simply the necessity of avoiding doing things that are demotivating. What are the things in your business that just suck the life out of you? Now, some of those things I understand someone has to do. You have to respond to tenant complaints. But at some point, maybe you can delegate that to somebody else. I, I can't do that anymore. I can't respond to tenant's complaints. I would go crazy. But someone needs to respond to that. So we have someone in the office that does. You want to make sure you have things that you're not doing that suck the energy and life out of you. And it's not just negative things like responding to complaints, but it can be things like I said earlier. Maybe you stop going to that conference that just doesn't give you anything out of it anymore. Maybe you stop that lunch with that person who you've been going to for a long time that just doesn't hack it anymore for you. You've got to stop doing things that are just stressing you out and that are taking things away. Build your business in such a way that you don't always have to be the one to do all the demotivating factors. You know, one of the things that can be really demotivating are property showings, property inspections. It takes time. You're in your car. You feel like you're not getting work done. Maybe you go to the showing. The tenant didn't even show up. Oh, that can be frustrating. Well, one solution for that is to use Show Digs. Show Digs is a property management software with on-demand showing agents. They're licensed third-party agents and they can do the showings for you on demand. Not only can they do showings, they can do condition reports, they can do marketing photos. Think of Uber for your showing process, for your inspection process. We use Show Digs for a lot of our property inspections because we don't have time, energy, effort, to go out, drive out to a property, schedule the showing. So we will use ShowDigs. It's a very revolutionary company. The highest compliment I can pay a company is to utilize them, and my team loves ShowDigs. So jump on their website, ShowDigs, that's S-H-O-W-D-I-G-S, ShowDigs.com. Take a demo, see how they can help you just keep yourself motivated by stopping to do some of those repetitive tasks that are not the best use of your time. You've got to make sure that the only things you are doing are the things that only you can do. And that would not include things like showings and property inspections. Let someone else do those things for you. Show digs can do that. Here's a question from Siobhan. Siobhan says, a prospective owner client contacted us. They have a property that is currently listed for sale with a different company. They would like to see if we can get it rented before it gets sold. And then whichever one happens first, they will cancel the other contract. Should we do it? So what that means is, and this, this is going to happen more and more as the sales market continues to slow. You're going to get owner clients that call you and say, gosh, I, 
ideally I'd like to sell my property, but I can't get it sold. So I'd like to do both. I'd like to try both listed for sale and at the same time listed for rent. And it's a race, whichever happens first wins. And if you get it rented before my sales agent gets it sold, I'll call the sales agent and say, okay, it's rented, pull it off the market. But if they sell it first, then I'll call you and I'll say, take it off the rental market. What do we do there? My friends, this is one of those things where I am very fervent in my belief that you should not do that because you will get burned eventually. Do not play that game. So I recommend what you do is you simply tell them, no, I'm sorry, that's not something we will do. Now, if we're listing it for sale, by all means, we, we can do both. But you can't have someone else listing it for sale and having us trying to rent it at the same time. Because if you play that game, what will happen is you will get the property rented. You will call the owner and say, hey, great news. We just signed a lease. And the owner will say, oh, oh well, uh, we just got an offer and, and we're accepting this offer. So I need you not to lease it. And you're going to say, but I just signed the lease. And they're going to say, well, I, I need you to cancel that because I'm going to accept the sale offer. Now you're in a very difficult situation. So don't ever put yourself in a situation where you may have to find yourself in that situation. Stay out of that whole thing would be my recommendation. All right, Jordan asks this. Mark, if you could pick a pool of 100 property management owner clients, would you rather pick accidental landlords or investors? It's an interesting question, Jordan. What's better? An accidental landlord. Now, an accidental landlord definitionally would be someone who doesn't think of themselves as a landlord. They would prefer to sell the property, but for whatever reason, they're not selling it. They can't sell it. And so they say, well, I'll go ahead and rent it out. That's an accidental landlord. They didn't buy the property with the point of being a landlord. An investor would be the opposite. An investor bought the property with the purpose of renting it out. And in our industry, property managers like to talk about goofy things like this. Ooh, property. And I'm not saying it's a goofy question, Jordan, with all due respect. But I think we miss the point. I don't believe that an accidental landlord pool versus an investor pool is different. What we want to know are how the owner clients measure up. I've got great owner clients that are accidental landlords. I've got some terrible owner clients that are accidental landlords. I have great owner clients that are investors. And yes, we have terrible owner clients that are investors. That's not even a filter. I don't look at that filter in my qualification of owner clients. Instead, we're going to put our owner clients through the four filters. We've talked about them earlier. Are they emotionally uh what, what do we say are they are they financially stable are they emotionally stable are they willing to trust us and do they give us the ability to manage the property and do our job i think i butchered the last one there but they have to be a good fit for us and if they're accidental landlords or investors to some extent i kind of don't care now where it does matter is the way we communicate with them we do need to understand if they are an accidental landlord or an investor in how we communicate because they have different pain points. The pain points of the investor are typically numbers. I want to maximize my rental income and minimize my expenses because it's a numbers game. I got to get a cap rate of 7%. That's, that's all they care about. 
the accidental landlord have different pain points. They very often are more concerned with who's going to be living in their house, who's going to be sleeping in their bedroom. So they may not be as price sensitive, but they are much more sensitive to ensuring that a person is in there and taking very good care of their property. So we just need to know that, that they have different pain points, communicate with them on their level. And if you do that, you will find that some accidental landlords are not good fits and some investors are not good fits, but don't use either of those as a filter in determining whether or not an owner client is a good fit for your business. Well, hopefully that's a good reminder on the importance of staying motivated in this business. You know, if you're having trouble with that, jump on our website. You will find a lot of information, a lot of videos on our pmbuild.com website that will hopefully help you stay motivated. We have a page on there that shows where I'm going to be. If you have not been to an event, go to an event. I travel regularly and speak at different events. Jump on there, see what events we're going to be at. Maybe even considering coming and spending two days with me and my team at our office in February. If you want to get on that wait list, jump on or email me at mark at rentgrace.com. That will be incredibly motivating, I promise you. But my friends, make sure you are pulling yourself up, staying motivated because you have an obligation to motivation in this industry. Until next time, I wish you success.